Grab a pen and paper and write this down. Even in the darkest times, the sun and all of us can rise to light our hearts if only we get out of our own way. Gabe Rock, episode five. Let's go. This is Constant Elevation, the show for rising Air Force and community leaders who seek to define the future, learn powerful work and life tactics to tackle any challenge. I'm your host, Gabriel Gabrock Avila. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, Gabe Rock back on the mic. Episode five, Constant Elevation podcast. It has been a long week. It has been a long week. Um, I think uh, a lot of times, if you've noticed, usually when in my creative endeavors, I like to mix it up a bit, right? So I'll talk about some professional development for Air Force things. I'll talk about just personal development, just trying to be better at life with your task management or any kind of things like that. Talk about fitness, like talks about last week, how to be better, how to train smarter for your military training tests. And sometimes I use my platforms just for general... uh, release therapy like just my thoughts as far as like trying to get them out of my my head if it's in the written form and the audio form on this podcast so this week is going to be one of those because this has been a a very very heavy week and uh, um but i was driving back from the gym today and it just kind of i kind of got re-energized had a really good workout we wished uh, our one of our head coaches mary who's starting her fire academy training next week and uh, a lot of good shared laughs and uh, smiles, so I was really, really, really happy to be part of Team uh, Croft and CrossFit. And then as I was driving back, saw the sun, sun rising. I was like, dude, this is going to be a good day. It's going to be a good Friday. And uh, if you would have asked me that question earlier, how am I feeling? I wouldn't have had that same positive feeling over the week because uh, a lot of stuff happened. And so that's what this episode is going to be, um, talking about some stress and dealing with that at work and then stress of dealing with some losses in, uh, in just life in general. So first up... Um, at work at JVXU Doden, we just finished up a global integrated exercise 20 TAC 2. So huge um, cyber exercise, very, very high ops tempo. I've done one of these before when I worked um, at uh, PACAF doing Pacific Century. So some of this, uh, some of the energy, I was really, really excited. Like I came in during the beginning of the exercise amped up wanting to contribute because I knew that, you know, for the last six, uh, six-ish months, getting to know my job and I knew how I could um, perform well, not only myself, but the team I'm leading and then making sure I'm handing off good products and processes and updates to my fellow uh, chief of operations. But this one was a little bit different. I think uh, the, the level of I was used to working 12 hours a day in my previous exercises and uh, um, having a good hold of what's going on. And this one, I kind of came in a little bit halfway through, and it took me a minute to try and catch up to everything because just the sheer volume of things going on, it's a lot. And trying to balance it all on my own, my shoulders, I don't know. In hindsight, I'm going to have to back and look to see whether or not that was appropriate for me to take it all on my shoulders. But nonetheless, I, I felt the pressure because I'm the one giving the holistic briefings to the three-star general and to everybody and their mom. Not only am I giving it to her, I'm giving it, preparing her to talk to a four-star general and I'm making sure that the rest of the colonels and divisions have all of their tasks and processes in order. Um, because if I don't provide the right updates, um, it, it causes like second and third order effects of just, unaddi- excuse me, uh, 
inappropriate, not inappropriate, but unnecessary work. That's what I want to say. And so I have to, the expectations is uh, I have to be quick and accurate. It's very much when you're standing in front of the, and delivering a briefing by yourself, and you have like this firing squad feeling. I was up there and I could, I already knew I could feel the pressure, but I like being in those kind of positions, but this one, you just get amplified during a major exercise. And then also you always have uh, someone in the audience is going to, you know, correct the work that you're doing. And you, what happens is for me anyway, I started to feel like, dude, did you have to say those kind of things? Like right now, you can tell me like on the side or after the fact, like, Hey, so maybe we, and I've had some, I've had great leaders do uh, help me like that. Um, in previous jobs where if I didn't deliver the briefing, you know, 100% on the spot, I had some, and I'm, I'm, I don't claim that I always do that, but they'll pull me on the side and be like, Hey Gabe, so you probably want to tighten up these words or this, or make sure you get this update before talk to this team and they'll get you the right information. They'll, but they do that on the side, not in front of the senior leadership. But this one was like, Oh, people are like, well, that's wrong on the slide. And the people are just, people are just kind of coming at me. And all I can do is be like, okay, yep, I will, uh, I, I'm wrong and I'll keep on moving on. Cause that's all I can do. And, uh, um, uh, but it was definitely frustrating. And then there's this culminating point. So it was on Wednesday. So Wednesday is, you know, where I'm getting ready for the briefing. It's, uh, you know, building up to seven o'clock in the morning. And then all of a sudden I see some stuff moving, like tables are being brought in and I'm like, what is happening right now? Wednesday happened to be, was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. It happened to be, um, national blueberry pancake day. Okay. So I'm in the middle of trying to concentrate, trying to get the updates of all the cyber activities going on, making sure I'm talking with my Intel teammates, making sure they have their portion of the briefing ready while everybody is just kind of having a good time. I see furniture moving around, people are joking around about pancakes and they start cooking them in the, in like in the middle of the, uh, of our operations area. They have like a hot griddle. They're, they're cooking them up. People are coming by. Oh, it was really good. And whatever it is. And so all this to be honest, really good, positive morale things are happening. And I don't know, well, at the time I was, I'm looking around, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, please stop doing this because you're distracting me, to be honest, and my Intel teammate, uh, Lieutenant uh, McCall, who's sitting next to me. We're trying to keep our head in the game because we're the ones where the clock is ticking. We have to deliver this briefing. And so I started to look around and I looked at McCall. I could see him like his hands, his head was in his hands and he was trying to like concentrate just like me. I was like, Hey man, you noticing this crap? And he's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So I don't really care about this, but I do care about you. So let's get, let's, let's keep our head down and stay focused. And we're going to get through this briefing because I don't give a shit what everybody else is doing, but you and I have a job to do. Cool. And he was like, cool, sir. Let's go. And McCall and I, we have a, um, a lot of talks as far as, you know, he's a, a young lieutenant and he's, he's uh, recently um, moved up from the NCO Corps to become a, uh, an officer. And so he's still, you know, learning his, uh, um, his ways and his leader styles and what he feels comfortable making decisions and not because he has a lot of, you know, senior officers and other people kind of telling him what to do and uh, from multiple angles. So I see him stressing out from a different kind of perspective from what I'm dealing with. And so through the normal day-to-day operations, I'll take some time and be like, hey man, so here's some stuff that we maybe we want to talk about. So I've developed my, I tell them, like, I've developed my sense of self-awareness and ability to watch others. Uh, and I, I can notice that you're showing some signs of stress. So I just take a minute and I'm like, hey man, just stop. What are we doing? Just stop. Let's just talk. And we turn our chairs. We just kind of hang out. We talk about like, you know, how, um, 
not I always don't give him like a straight up answer depending on what the situation he wants to is stressing him out. I'll give him some advice because a lot of times he's a very very smart dude, so he has the answers in his head. He just he's not sure how to implement them. So I'll give him some advice, and if I can help it from my angle, I totally will. But like the idea that we're sharing some words with each other because we are all, we both are experiencing the same stress at work. So let's stay focused and I know we can get through this together. And then usually in the end, this is my style. I usually have to make, make us laugh about something and there's always something to make fun of. And so humor can cut through stress really, really uh, easily. And I find that it just builds a uh, stronger bonds. And I, um, I don't pride myself to be the funniest person, uh, but I definitely try and lighten the mood when I can, because, you know, um, even within the within the aspect of everything, in our jobs, there's no the stress that we're feeling is it's pretty much just self induced. Like there's no bu- real world bullets flying over our head. Like we 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 operate in the cyber domain, so we're not on the front lines of those kind of things happening. And so, but the stress is still real, and so. It's important to, for me to make sure that I'm giving him some uh, some mentoring as a, as a field grade officer that like this is a good example and it's okay that you're stressing out but um, and it's okay to take a pause and let's talk about it. Sometimes we'll just joke. Uh, I'll, he'll be like, "Hey, so I need to leave, I need to take a break for the desk." So I'm like, "Yep." And he goes outside, maybe goes downstairs, get some snacks. Sometimes I'll go downstairs, get a bagel, just walk outside, get some fresh air because we don't have a lot of natural air and sunlight coming into the skiff where we work. None at all, by the way, but it just ends up being a thing of how do we deal with stress at work? And this was a stressful week at work. Uh, we were able to get through the exercise fine. And so, you know, we, we finished up our portion annual Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to going back on Sunday to see how everything went, but it was a stressful week at work. Um, I was anticipating it just cause it's the, op, uh, the exercise. Um, hopefully we will have some good lessons learned that we, uh, carry forward and don't repeat mistakes that we made during that, this exercise. That's always the concern is that we keep on, we never learn from our mistakes. Um, but I think hopefully I'll be in a right position. I'm getting really, really close to essentially, uh, win- willing myself into a new job. And so, and I'm going to cover that probably in a separate episode altogether. Uh, assuming if I get the job, I'll, I'll do a summary of how I got to this place. Cause I think it's a very interesting story. Um, and how, you need to make sure that you're taking care of your your personal uh, your professional career on your own. That's the person who's going to be the most interested. But bottom line on this on this portion, uh, dealing with stress at work, I got through it because I had help from Lieutenant McCall. I got help from it from the teammates around me that were taking on their their workloads um, in order to get the job done. We kept our head focused. We had kept our head in the game, and then we got through this exercise. And so I'm very, very thankful to be part of the teammates that I get to work with. And, uh, um, we're going to, uh, you know, move the ball forward and make sure we leadership understands this is what we need to do to get the mission done and push them to get us uh, the resources and, and direction that we need that way. Uh, um, you know, we all keep our head in the game correctly. So second portion of, uh, this week, um, is a very, very difficult subject for everybody and, uh, dealing with death. And so uh, within the last several weeks, um, I had three events that kind of were very, very near and dear to my heart. So um, my uh, uncle Alan, so he actually passed away in November. He actually passed away four years to the date that my dad, um, his older brother, passed away. And then he recently had his services back home in Hawaii on twentieth on the 20th of January. Um, Uncle Alan and I, we haven't spoken together in a very long time, but he's still my blood and then my heart mourns with the rest of my family as he was recently laid to rest. Uh, so that was just a, a family death. 
Um, later on in the month of January, also, we had the unfortunate news of Tech Sergeant uh, Gage Southern. Um, he was uh, 26. Um, he was a teammate of mine when I was in the when I led the 673rd Com Squadron uh, back home in Alaska, back home, back in Alaska. But uh, um, and he unfortunately passed away as well. And so uh, dealing with the loss of a squadron teammate is never easy. And uh, my heart goes out to everyone in the, in the comm squadron. Uh, I implore you to please be there for each other through these hard times. You're going to get through all this together. And uh, um, there's lots of resources within the squadron, within your, your friendship, personal circles, within the base. Um, and I know that uh, um, your, your leadership will be there and open up doors for anything that you need to get through this time. Um, over over my career, I've personally dealt with four deaths within my assigned unit, and I've had different roles of being a commander or just an officer in charge. And but I've had a relationship with everybody, and they all have tremendous tremendous impact on my personal leadership style. Um, pretty much, if I don't think about leading the, the the people I lead first, nothing after that matters. The mission and the operations they're not going to happen because I need to care about the people first. And so um, these are these are the difficult times. Um, it's not going to be, you're never going to be prepared for it. You just have to trust that if you're coming from a, a, a place of compassion and love, that you're going to be able to get through this together. So uh, again, my heart goes out to everyone in the 673rd Comm Squadron. And then last but not least, we have uh, um, Kobe Bryant. You know, He passed away at the age of 41. And uh, if you're watching all the news and keeping track, it's a very tra it's a huge tragedy for all nine people that were lost in the, the helicopter crash. And some weird stuff started happening with the Kobe one. And this is kind of um, where I started to see, I honestly was thinking, what the hell is going on? Like, why are we turning this into another divisive issue in this country? And it's ridiculous. So uh, there is a two-star army general who made a comment that, uh, um, that, uh, while everybody was mourning uh, the loss of Kobe and the rest of the people in the helicopter crash, he was going to, he wanted to choose. So it was very, you know, he, his choice of words probably wasn't the best, but he chose to mourn the loss of um, a specialist that recently passed away uh, in the Middle East under uh, deployed operations. And so those kind of things. And then it turned into like, how, how dare you uh, uh, belittle the lives of, of Kobe and everyone else lost? And it, I was like, I don't think he meant that. But it's too late. He already, you know, because uh, tweeting is a thing that you have to be very, very sure of what you're going to talk about. And so he started to have to backtrack and, and figure out like, I, and I think, it, I don't think he was meaning to say that, but one of his, his final tweets was, uh, as we mourn the loss of a basketball legend and of a soldier who paid the ultimate sacrifice while serving this great nation. We believe everybody's life has value and that all loss of life is tragic. There was no disrespect meant towards the family of the nine that were lost. So, okay, that sounds better. So words have meaning. You have to be very, very careful of things, especially during high points of tension and loss. You just have to be very cautious of the words that you're using. But in my head, as I was reading uh, the article and then, you know, more social media commentary, because that's the, you know, those are, those are the best things to read for, and everybody's an, an expert. I just kept on thinking, why, why are we making death a comparison game? Uh, divisiveness is just running rampant through our country right now. And I believe that we need to find more shared ground to have just conversations and civil discourse and be, and be there for each other. Uh, more listening and less talking. More compassion and less comparison. And then especially in the trying to prove which loss of life is, is more important. That's, that's silly. That's not, a, that's not a game that anyone should really try to win because that's not a game no one should try and win. Instead, we should be looking to just raise everyone up and reevaluate during this time of loss what's more important to you because you never know when tra tragedy can strike. 
um, you know, when, when military service members go, uh, you know, they raise their right hand and they know what they're doing to, um, uh, to in serving our nation. And when they go downrange, yes, there is an inherent danger that their li- that lives can be lost, but that's what we raise our hand for, for a big, a cause bigger than us. Um, so maybe you kind of know, I don't want to say, you know, that's going to happen, but that's part of like the, uh, it comes, it comes with the territory of, of serving in the military. And uh, Kobe's accident was a was an accident. I, I think the investigation is happening, but regardless, it just kind of caught lots of people off guard. And so, it's just, but everyone's in mourning, and that that's the big thing. And I and I think the idea about here's my here's my big takeaway: life is life, and one is not more important than the other. The most important takeaway to me during these tragic losses is just to be there for each other in times of grief. You want to cherish the memories that remain etched in our minds and mend our hearts together. I, I really think this path can be agreed upon by everyone. Um, the paths may not necessarily match each other in action, but I believe they could be driven from the same sort of passion and intent if you're just coming from a position of love for one another. Um, it's, it may sound sappy or whatever it is, but it, it's the most simple way that I can think about like how uh, all of these the deal, things dealing stress at work and then the, the loss of life. There was, this was a heavy, heavy week. But where I found personally, where I, where I found my, my power in re-energization, re-energizing was spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, you know, talking with people and um, in understanding that uh, we're all feeling the same thing, but we're going to get through this together. And I really I hope all of you out there have your your various circles where you can kind of reach out you know if you can phone a friend he he or she that mentor i've done this before where i was having a stressful time and i reached out to like a squad commander like um uh, that i used to work for like 10 years ago and i was having a really hard time uh, in alaska and he walked me he walked me down and just kind of told me everything is going to be okay so i have hip pocket um, lots of, you know, they, they expand from my wife and my kids to some professional mentors, to some personal mentors. So like, it's just a lot of things. And I, and I, I'm not afraid to reach for help during these, uh, these difficult times. So I really hope that all of you understand how to develop your, your, um, methods of self-awareness because those are important and just know that we could all get through this. And, uh, I think, you know, that sunrise again this morning that, that hit me really, really helped resettle my mind through a a very hard and difficult week that it's going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. So I hope you all have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co. And like and follow me on Instagram at at gaybrock01. As always, don't wait for the future define the future.